0: Oh,
1: Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks.
0: And I'm Lori Socks. And today, we are going to talk about how we learn to do things differently. The way we learn from our past and how the seemingly smallest memories can hold so much in them, like the little lessons along the way.
1: And we also explore the need to accept when it's easy and how that can be a challenge in itself.
0: Yeah, sometimes because we learn how to do it differently, we eliminate the challenge, and then that sense of ease can seem so foreign that it becomes the challenge. And this came to mind because last Tuesday I picked Liam up from school, and as soon as he ran to me out of the gate, which we were just discussing, is probably the best, <laughs> the best greeting ever at the end of a day. Um, but as soon as he came running to me, I noticed his eye was a little watery. I noticed it, but then I decided not to notice it. Do you no. know what I mean? Yeah, I just, like I saw it. it and I'm in my, and I know I'm, this is actually just me being honest because I can say I didn't see it, but in my heart of hearts, I know that I saw it and I was just like, mm, I'm just going to store it over here.
1: I kind of feel like I ran into this a few times during the COVID pandemic where people would say, would cough or sneeze or say they have an itchy throat, and be, but it's it's probably allergies. It's nothing. It's, you know, well, it's just a little cold or I was a little tired. And then later to find out it was COVID, like we're kind of, I don't know if it's in denial or just trying to think of, uh, it's not anything right.
0: Well, I guess so. But this, this, what I'm talking about is this like knee jerky and subconscious thing that I do That's I store the information in this little file in a, in a keep an eye on it file and a keep an eye on it, but please, Oh, please, Oh, please, please do not get sick. Especially with, especially with his eye because eye, ear, nose, throat, all that stuff is so connected and it just spreads like wildfire. That is my experience. Mm-hmm. And it spreads in both of our children, but because those tubes are smaller in Liam's ear, especially growing up when he was younger. Uh, they really, really spread. And when Liam was like,
1: oh gosh, right, when he, right, when he yeah. was like three, three or four, three probably. or four, yeah.
0: he woke up one morning and it was in the winter, and he had a little red line on the inside of his eye, like like eyeliner, very mm. similar to what I saw when he came out of the gate last Tuesday, um, and on that particular morning, I, I looked at, I saw it and, in my gut of guts, I knew that it was something. And I can't remember what had been going on at the time at that particular morning, but it was definitely the season of ear infections. And we had gone, we had been very fortunate as to, like with Sophia. She didn't really experience many ear infections, but there was one winter when the ear infection just—it was on this merry-go-round of antibiotics, and with Liam, the the word ear tubes had been passed around as a possibility, which that just brought a sinking fear.
1: Well, we had been told like many times from many different people, professionals and parents,
0: and people we know. Yeah, well, that just I had to expect
1: that, yeah. that. because he has Down syndrome, he's going to have ear tubes, and to be quite honest, a lot of kids have ear tubes put in because kids ears canals are smaller than adults. And so that can cause water droplets to stay in there and cause ear infections. And I understand that a child with down syndrome may have, a higher percentage chance because of it's having small, smaller because ear tubes. Small tubes.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's it. It was a couple things. It was one, it was one of those things on the list. Right. That always brought a lot of weight because I hadn't come to terms with that list. But the truth is, yes, after the fact, many children, neurotypical children had, yes. ear, you know, just... It, it's just something very common. And I think that we were very fortunate to be able to avoid it with Sophia because it's a thing. And the reason that they get the tubes is because they don't want scar tissue to form in the ears after they, after they see a tendency of ear infections. And that is what actually, when I had a conversation with the doctor, that's really how she simplified it is, look, we don't have to, but... I don't want him to get scar tissue build up in his ear and then that could cause permanent hearing damage and hearing loss. You know, and when you have that information, then you can make the choice and say, "Okay, uh let's do what's best for Liam." And they explained it to me that it was a simple procedure and all, but that now I'm jumping I'm jumping way far ahead. At the moment, that morning when I saw him in his bed and I n- knew that it was something, but the thought of everything that that little tiny red eye represented and the possibility, like in my head, I was thinking ear, nose, throat, infection, tubes, things like that. It it just brought that sinking fear with it that comes from every procedure or surgery, both of our children, like getting your teeth worked on and having to get anesthesia, whatever it is, there's just that sense of dread and at that time we were so we weren't that far along we hadn't evolved that much we had just really encountered like the school system so it was layered it was just there was all these layers and I can look back on it now and I can dissect it and peel it apart like an onion but it was all these layers and most of them it had they were rooted in fear But it didn't change in that moment. It only changes now as I look back on it. And if I could go back and do something differently, I wouldn't have that fear. I would just say, hey, this happens to a lot of kids. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. It's a simple simple remedy, a, a remedy that not everybody has access to. So that's where I would be. And I appreciate the word procedure when they... Tell me, it's a simple procedure. I believe that they use that word for insurance purposes, um, because <laughs> because like procedures, I don't know if I if I'm able to um, compartmentalize that a procedure and a surgery. They both feel the same to me in weight the the feeling the emotion that comes up the fear. But I believe procedures are less impactful than surgeries, and procedures don't always require overnight stays. So procedures, I get it. And I appreciate what they're trying to do there. And for the most part, I'm able to separate a little bit from the fears and impact of the word. But
1: it's still scary.
0: It's it's scary. It's scary. And it's scary, especially at that point of our journey. We had gotten through that season without the need of a procedure and I think that that was it, that we had gotten through all of the, and, and Liam and Sophia, they just went back and forth, right? One would get it. And with then, their infections. Yeah, with their ear infections. And, but they just kept passing it because I think it just really came down to having like a cold and then it became an ear infection. and then the, and, and they just went back and forth getting each other sick that whole season. But I had gotten through the season without needing the procedure. They had had the talk to me, but I had gotten through it. So when I saw that line cradling the white of his eyes and just bleeding into them at the corners, uncertain if it had been like that when I put him to sleep, although I fully knew it had not been like that, Um, I thought, could it be allergies This is what was going through my head. These were the little things that I was trying to, I was trying to will it. I was trying to will it to be something that it wasn't. And I needed it to be allergies. I needed him. I desperately needed him to be well. And I needed just one day without a call to the doctor's office. And I don't, and I want to be specific here because it's not that when you have a child with Down syndrome that they're sick all the time. I have two children and it was a heavy duty cold and flu season and they had been bouncing back and forth, the two of them. So I just needed for just, I needed it to be okay. And so in my mind, I said, it's okay. I don't know. It was stupid. It was just, and, and within the hour I saw swelling and I so I was just like, I can't deny this anymore. I called and made an appointment, you know, just to check it out. And but by the time we arrived at the doctor's office, my son looked like Rocky Balboa after his bout with Apollo Creed. Mm. His eyes were I think I sent you a picture. Yeah, his eyes right. were glued shut. They were red, they were swollen, and I was so I just felt like the worst parent in the entire world. And I explained to the nurse that this isn't what it looked like when I had called her to just check it out. You know, it was just a line then. And I was I was trying to just explain my way out of looking like the worst mother in the world, which is what I felt like. I, f- I felt horrible. But she knew. Yes. She knew because they know.
1: And if you have a good pediatrician, you know, one that is inclusive, sees your child, you know, as just a kid, they know, I mean, they don't make it about anything other than the fact that this is something that happens with, with all kids. And like I said, maybe the small tubes affect the number of ear infections for kids. Maybe the fact that he doesn't complain much makes it harder to catch it before it blows up. But you know, he's a kid.
0: Yeah, because honestly, even sitting there looking like Rocky Balboa, he still was just like, you know, he, he's, he's just so patient with me. He was okay. He, You know, he, he got it. He understood.
1: And that's when he was three or four.
0: Yeah. So they comforted me, and then they prescribed the antibiotics, and within 24 hours, the healing begins, right? That's what happens. They take the medicine, and then it starts to get better with – the antibiotics, and I just swore that that would never happen again because I know that it was my fear. I know that it was. I know that I knew because we know as as parents, we have that connection with our children, and and I just i I knew, but I it was another situation of just needing it to be something that it wasn't. Doctors' appointments are hard, and I was I had to accept that they're hard. I had to ask myself, what was I afraid of? And if not going to the doctor would maybe make it better and take that fear away. But I, I know that, no, that's not the answer. I mean, look at what just happened. I tried that not going. I tried pretending. And I think that's when, I think that's when we split up the duties and you began to take him to the, the challenging doctor's appointments. Like, I think that's when, right? Like you, and I didn't ask. I didn't ask, but that was, you know, something that, that you you did. So last Tuesday, when I saw that watery eye, and then I noticed him notice it. We were driving home from school and he kept looking in the mirror and then he'd wipe it and I'd say, are you okay? And he'd just give me one of those, I'm okay. And you know your child, you get to know I know both of my children and I know their tones. So there's a different like, yeah, I'm okay. And there's like a, I'm okay. The same way that I said, you're okay. When I was trying (laughs) to not take him to the doctor many, 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 many years ago. Um, But I noticed and I noticed him notice it. So I took actions. And as soon as we got in the door, I put eye drops in his eyes. Um, he does not enjoy no, does eye not drops. Like that no, he that's like the one thing. I think that is the one thing that he pushes back on, eye drops. It's Other
1: parents might have similar stories, but with Liam, I will tell him I'm going to put eye drops in his eyes, and I want him to relax his eyes as you use your pincer grass to expand the eyelids, right? This is how you do it with anybody. Sophia will fight it too, but Liam is—it's like he's trying to relax. He relaxes his face, but man, he will squeeze that eye tight, tight shut.
0: And he knows it because I would say, "Okay, I'm going to do this," and then he'd like, and I'd be like, "Liam, you're squeezing your eye," and And we end up kind
1: of just fight through it, like physically have to do it, and.
0: He's trying. He's working. He's trying. He's, he's trying. Try- he's
1: actually not, he, in his mind, I don't think he's trying to close his eye.
0: No, it's a, well, it's a natural response. Sure. You know, when something sure. comes to Someone's your comes face, to your we close our yeah. eyes. We, this is what we oh, do. It's... And Liam does everything 100%. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to say.
1: Because when he put it in, he goes, okay, got it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I may have gotten half a drop in there. Like it, I just took what I could get. Right. And it stung because, of course, his eye was dry. But what I thought about was, you told me about that um, video of a doctor giving a child their first...
1: Uh, oh, the shot? Yeah. Right, yeah. this And you might have seen this on social media. This really wonderful doctor had an infant that was getting a, a shot, and the doctor took the syringe with the cap still on the needle and was rubbing it on the baby's face and chest and... Cause the baby just basically had a uh, diaper on. So it could feel the needle and syringe and relaxed and was kind of giggling, kind of tickling the baby with a syringe. So then he takes the cap off the needle. And as he's still kind of, Oh, just kind of, we're here, we're here just to, and he gives the baby a shot in the leg. Boom, boom, done. Baby doesn't even react. No crying, nothing. Now plenty of video viral videos out there that you go I don't know about that but that seems like a really great way of doing it and because it
0: wasn't as shocking and alarming <sighs> well it we, wasn't we like, like wrestled every, do you remember, well, even
1: Sophia would just grab her and go here we go
0: and then the shot and then they just get they scream and holler but and then just, you just hug and go no
1: no no we're this good. is no reaction here it was no. just totally we're because just doing this.
0: I think you're telling I think honestly you're telling the child what you're doing. Here
1: comes some pain. And but yeah. I remember you, did you that saying that. With the, with I the, did.
0: I just yeah. remember you telling me that and I thought what I got from that story is that if we allow them to participate which when I say it out loud it's like yeah that's how I feel about my life allow me to participate in the moment and it's going to be a different outcome. Mm-hmm. So if we allow him to participate He's not going to feel like a victim. It's not going to feel like someone's doing something to him. It's like, yeah, we're in this. This is why I'm doing it. You see your eyes watery. Let me give you some eye drops. Maybe it won't hurt. I know you don't like this. Try to open your eye and, you know, and we just, we did it together and it took so much longer, but maybe not as long. Maybe the same amount of time as when you're wrestling and trying to be like, open your eye. (laughs) Right. Not like that, but like trying to, trying to like get it in there. And fight the fact that that eye is sealed shut. I just, I tried, I touched around his eye. I did all of these things that you said. And I, I don't know if it helped at all in the same way, because I'm not a doctor. But what I know it did was it allowed Liam to know that I was participating with him to find a solution to make him feel better.
1: And you're doing it together.
0: We're doing it together. Mm-hmm. So I tried that. I tried. I tried my version of that. I needed to nurture him. I needed him to know it was okay because every time he's sick, something inside me feels like i failed him. And I know that's, that's ridiculous. And if, and if you came to me as a parent or a caregiver and said that, I would say to you, that is ridiculous. Kids get sick. That's what happens So I know that that is not a healthy way to think. And so I know, if I, if I know that it's not good for me to think that way, then being aware of it, I can change that because I don't want to pass that on to anyone. So after we got some eye drops in his eye, I called the doctor's office for the, to try to get the first appointment the following morning. And then I also sent an email just in case they check the emails first. And then I sent an email to the school. I told his BII. I told his resource teacher. So I was prepared because we have to be prepared because we learn to be prepared and, and we can't prepare for everything. Uh, There's so much unknown, but if I can be prepared, I learned that that's, that's a tool for me to use and you offered to take him to the yeah. doctor's, but because in our family, like I mentioned, in our family, we um, there are ways that we split responsibility. There's ways that you know the kids have yeah, their chores, just
1: kind of naturally, like that we do, right? Yeah.
0: And then there are just the things that we do for each other without asking, because you know some things. Just are you just are hard to ask for. Some things um, you don't want to ask for, like for me, those doctor's appointments being hard. I didn't, I didn't want to admit maybe they were too hard. I fancy myself strong, maybe I don't know, but I took care of the IEP preparation, writing all those letters, and you just Stephen just. He takes care of the big doctor's appointments. When Liam fell off the bed and had to go to the hospital, he's the one who said, "I've got this." And I and I I think because you know that maybe you handle it differently, and and maybe the way that I don't know, I don't it, know. It used just, to be just... an
1: excuse, I believe, was uh, you'd come back and say, "I didn't actually get all the information from the doctor." Or, oh, that's I didn't why. actually hear everything. Mm -hmm. Because I'd ask questions, and then i go, you know what? I get it. I'll go. Because I know I, I, for some reason, uh, like writing an email to the administration, not my strong suit, but I feel confident getting everybody in the car, going to the doctor's appointment, getting everything filled out, getting information from the doctor, and then having that information to be able to parlay out to everyone and get the prescriptions, whatever it is, I feel confident in that role.
0: Yeah, I think that you're you're right. It was I never said anything, but maybe the way that I, when I was there, and my need to be present and just focused on the moment, and I think at the time, just overwhelmed, but not. I would yeah, imagine.
1: no, I could that sense it was overwhelming because it's not like you don't get information and give it to me, in, in, in many facets of our lives, I'd forget
0: or not memorize it well, but I do it at the same. I do the same thing at my own doctor's appointments. <laughs> I do the same you thing do, when I'm you? there, and you'll ask me questions, and I'll be like, I don't.
1: I go to your doctor's appointments too sometimes because
0: I take you with me, so you hear what they say. <laughs> Member, yeah, because yeah. I, mean, I would, and then you pregnant, would have, yeah, you know, yes, we, so you I would, would have, but the, anyway, it's a team, and i <laughs> yeah, we're really fortunate to have, to have each other, and to have somebody who can see your strengths and weaknesses, I can say it's okay to have weaknesses, <laughs> like it's oh, okay, yeah. and that, that's really hard for me to admit, I think that's the first moment in my life where I said, hey, it's okay to have weaknesses, it doesn't make me a bad person that I'm not great at taking my kids to the doctors, I'm great at getting them there. But you need to write down everything that I need to relay to anyone. Or I'm going to take a video of you telling me because I'm so immersed in like them. I'm not hearing that just happened to me with something else. And like, everything else just fell away. And it's because the urgency of what is right in front of me. I'm just, you know, I'm holding Liam's hand, or I'm I, I don't know. It's just me, and I have to accept me as I am. And I'm very fortunate that you're there, and that's your strength. And I can just write up emails.
1: I was not able to go this time, though. No. <laughs> that should be said. No. no.
0: <laughs> All of that for, and then that's what happens sometimes yeah, in life. Yeah. You know, that's just what happens. I think that happened to us once in an IEP where I'm like, I'm not going to write a sing- we have a lawyer, I'm not going to write a single letter, I'm just going to do, and then I had to write a big letter, because I'm the one who's participating in it, and I have to participate, I have to participate, sometimes I don't feel like it, and sometimes I won't, but I have to participate, and if you need a break, that's okay, that's just where you are, and I acknowledge that there have been times where I've been like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit here and stare at the wall. And when I'm done staring, then I'm going to go open my laptop and write a letter. But right now, I just need to stare at the wall. And then you do that. And then you're done with that. And then you move on. And so you couldn't go. If someone
1: catches you staring at a wall, just blank at a wall, it, it is like this thing. It's very condescending. People go, you're just staring out the window. You're just staring at a wall. To me, that's meditation.
0: It is. I was just going to say that's meditation. Are you
1: daydreaming out a window? Isn't that a way to just kind of be unfocused to kind of reset?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Just to be here, all these little thoughts in our heads that are just rapid firing in our heads. Can we just like quiet that for a sec and then get back? So you ever find yourself staring out a window? Don't take it personally. (laughs) Don't judge yourself. No, don't judge yourself. You need to. I
0: do. I sit. My favorite spot is on the couch looking out the window because there's bougainvillea and there's squirrels. And... Mm -hmm. And there's birds that go in and out and, and play games. And that's how I can put things into perspective sometimes when they get too big. So it's important to take those moments.
1: Sometimes we need a reset button.
0: Sometimes we need a reset button. Uh, so I'm me and I do things the way I do them. And that has to be enough for me. I have to learn that, that that's me. That's my life. That's who I am. And if I don't like the way I do things, I change it but don't judge it. So when I realized I was the one taking Liam to the doctor, I talked to Liam about what was going to happen. I talked to him about what it could be, what might happen. Uh, Because I'm in no way a doctor, but from experience, you know, we talked about where we were, you know, remember, we're going to go and this and it's your eyes. So they're going to have to do this and Though in hindsight, if I had any inkling that I was going to have kids and what that actually meant, um, I think I would have really chosen to be a pediatrician Just, just to know, just to feel like, just to feel like I knew what I was doing. Like I knew something along the way though i've never really asked my pediatrician my doctor if that's something that she feels because i know she has kids so i don't know if it's something that they feel that they know cuz i think there's something about your child that's unknown but i definitely wish i had more information and i i do oftentimes wish that i was a doctor um Liam's doctor was not in, so there was like all of these things that were really like I'm going to tell you there were my worst nightmares. There, so it I'm is. I'm not there, and our you're not there, doctor, and it's there. a different person. And different is not always awesome on this journey if you don't know the person. There, are, there are some things I would say. Different is awesome, and the unknown is full of potential and expectation, and all of these things that are absolutely true. But then sometimes on a very real basic level. I forget that whole beginner's mindset. And I forget to just assume people are able. And if it's a new person, I don't know what I'm going to get. It's
1: comforting to have your regular pediatrician, but it's a good office. You know, they've got a lot of good doctors there. Yes, but Still, it, it is better to have right. your doctor that you're used to.
0: Yeah, it's a good office. So it's not so frightening when it's a different doctor. Although Dr. Kleiner is the ultimate. Since Sophia was born, she's been the ultimate. So I brought him in. It's a new doctor. She was fabulous. And within moments, she looked at his eye. It hadn't exploded because I didn't try to lie to myself. (laughs) And I made the appointment and it hadn't exploded yet. And she looked at it and the eye, she said, this is something we've seen.
1: Again, they know.
0: It's always something that they've seen because what you have is usually what is going around. Yeah,
1: that's how it works, right? <laughs> he got it from somebody that's probably he may have given it to someone that just makes his way around us.
0: So even though I felt alone, every moment from the time he ran out that gate, I felt like, oh, I felt alone. But there were plenty, there are plenty other parents out there at the exact moment, noticing their child has a red watery eye on their rides home from school. And that's what's, I have to remember, I have to remember, I have to deprogram this isolation that settled in somewhere in Liam's old school and took root when we were fighting the district. And I know that that's where it comes from. This feeling of isolation because I'm going to tell you, even if it is something that is just specific to the extra chromosome, still I am not alone. Still, it is something that they see. So she knew what to do. She tested him, of course, for anything else that it might be. And like then strep, right? Like strep throat. Yeah, right. We talked through what to look out for. And here's what I learned in knowing how I handle these situations. When it comes to the health of my child and the stress that comes in, I learned I have to ask questions and maybe I have to ask more questions until it's, it hits in my brain and it settles. And so I know, and I know to ask until I understand.
1: Ask the doctor, ask Leah. Yeah.
0: Ask the doctor until I understand. Okay. So this is what we're testing for. And so we're going to do this until then. And then if that happens, then what do we do? But if that doesn't happen, then what do I do? what do I look for? And what don't I look for? And what is okay? And what isn't okay? And I just asked. But you know, I can say right here that, that nothing he had, had anything to do with his extra chromosome. It was an eye infection that's going around, but it does explode. Right? It does, it can get spread very rapidly. Yes, she did. She said it's something that we've seen. This is Right, I believe this is right at the beginning. Oh. Um, yeah, like glad you brought him. Glad in early you time brought him night. in, mm-hmm. and I only brought him in because I know I have experience, and I've learned from that experience. Mm-hmm. This is what every kid is experiencing, and I say that. I say that because sometimes in the back of my mind, or or sometimes we're made to think or feel that our child is different, which he is. Every kid is different, but in the world of medicine. I appreciate when they keep the clinical factual and not archaic or opinion-based. Sometimes you could get a doctor's, first you get the medical part, and then you get their opinion. It's why I like my doctor's office too, because I know what their opinion of my son is. I know how they see him, and I know that they see him. His throat was fire red, though he never mentioned it. He did, however, skip his dinner and eat only the soft part of his breakfast. He told me his tooth hurt. Right? So in this way I have to be a detective, like like Sherlock Holmes. But I was I was more I don't know, like Scooby
1: Doo. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I- the
0: pieces didn't totally fall fall oh. together until after the fact. Like after the fact I was like, oh okay Sherlock
1: Holmes would have been like yeah, boom, 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 boom. And right. yeah, Scooby like, like, And you see it and you're like, oh. Ah, oh,
0: oh. And I just said Rut Row. That's exactly <laughs> I think that sums up how so I funny. feel about my detective skills. <laughs> Rut row. Scooby's so cute. And I got a Scooby snack. All right. But now looking back, the next time he tells me his tooth hurts and he has a red light, I can I didn't even look into his throat. Yeah, he didn't eat his lunch, and he only ate the soft part of his breakfast. And he said his tooth hurt. Well, his tooth hurt means his his tooth in his mouth. His mouth hurts. Why does his mouth hurt? I didn't even ask those questions, so I take that, and then I put that in a file of what to do next time. Mm -hmm. So the doctor asked if he could swallow pills. This has a point. I I just want to share. I want to share with you, my experience, because I don't know if you're taking your child to the doctor and if you feel alone or you're experiencing these things. And I want to share my revelations because I'm learning. And if I can pass that on, right? So here's what happened. She asked if he could swallow pills. Not that I knew of. Not as of recent. I can't think so of. So funny is
1: I never have. Att- I have not attempted it because no. I mean, he's twelve. Liam will be thirteen next month. Right. But I don't I... know when Sophia started taking pills, uh-uh. but in my mind, if he she still doesn't needed do ibuprofen, I'd give him a liquid form. Or right. if he needed antibiotics, I would give him a liquid form. I don't think of him swallowing pills, and I'm not sure if it wasn't for what you're about to talk about, I, when I would have tried.
0: Yeah, because she said, which I love her for saying this. Most kids don't at his age. Most kids. Oh, these little words. Not most kids with Down syndrome. No, just most kids. Mm -hmm. I don't know if like professionals, teachers, anybody, anybody in the world knows how the words you choose tell so much about you. I always say that to Sophia all the time. Choose your words. But when I hear words that are so inclusive and they're not fear driven and they're not propagating anything and they're just, it just makes me so happy. She said, most kids this age, not most kids with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. I love them. So we hadn't tried.
1: Yeah, we did not right? really tried. Sophia
0: no. takes gummy vitamins because she doesn't like to swallow pills. <laughs> and she's 15. Ibuprofen would help the pain he was most likely feeling. That's what she said. And so I knew that I had just gone in November before cold and flu season and went through our medicine cabinet and threw out the old and brought the new because it's something I do. I don't like to do it in January because then it feels like a resolution and I don't want to set myself up for failure. So I do it in November. I set my resolutions and I reset in November. So that way it's just, I'm just resetting. So So I I know. So I restocked.
1: So you were sure you had liquid I know.
0: I had the liquid Tylenol and I had the liquid ibuprofen and I had the cold and flu. I was good to go. Band-Aids, Bactine, all of that. I knew we had it. So Liam and I went straight home without stopping at the drugstore because I knew I was going to have to go back to the drugstore for the prescription anyway.
1: Later in the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I knew I had refilled everything. Um, In November.
1: Right. And
0: (laughs) Liam really just wanted to go home to have a rest. So I went straight home and, uh, yeah, there was cold and flu, liquid, (laughs) cold and flu, daytime, nighttime, allergy, but no ibuprofen. So... Uh, I could tell his throat hurt. Absolutely. I looked at him and I said, look, I failed you. (laughs) I have failed you again. There's nothing. I mean, there's nothing here for just the pain. So can you, we're going to try this. Okay. Can you swallow these pills? And I mean, Liam, he just just takes one, right? Yeah. One, one ibuprofen. Can you swallow this? And he just, I mean, he's game for it. Right. I don't know if it was like an option. Sometimes I say things and it's not an option. Um, (laughs) I tried I tried it on myself first. So I was like, so how do I <laughs> how do I get me to take an ibuprofen? And so I tried putting it in some ice cream. And I got to tell you, honestly, there's a little bit of guilt here because I'm like, am I doing this as if I was giving it to an animal? Like I really felt like the only mm. reference I had was putting medicine in peanut butter to give to a pet. And I put it in ice cream and I like gave a it spoonful yeah, a spoonful of ice cream. Yeah, a spoonful of ice cream that sounded so much like mary poppins a spoon so i put it in a spoonful of ice cream which is he i think he also thought was funny because he hadn't eaten breakfast yet so he's giving him ice cream i'm giving him ice cream i was like all right and he ate the ice cream and then he just opened his mouth and the the, the yeah. pill was between yeah. his two front teeth, of course. Yes. So I got a bigger spoon of ice cream. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm just, this is, okay, if if, if I do nothing but make you feel better <laughs> about your insight and the way you do things, then my job is done. So I did, of course, it was non-dairy because I know that dairy would have been worse. Plus he's, uh, oh, he's, no, no. he's, he's he, lactose he's He's lactose intolerant. And Which also,
1: everyone should try the non-dairy stuff and see if there's any... Issue, like stomach issues. We found that. It's been life-changing for Liam.
0: Right. Someone one time told me that it's not good to have dairy with antibiotics. Hmm, so Or something about the medicine and working on dairy. I don't know. Again, I'm not a doctor. But something about dairy and colds altogether I know isn't good for, and somebody listening right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) But it's just so funny what we hold on to. and. And then we forget why. We forget the why. But I know dairy and colds do not go together. Right? So my last resort, which really should have been my first resort.
1: (laughs) Your first thing. This
0: should have been the first thing I did. And it will. I'm telling you, I've learned the first thing I should have done was the last thing I did. And that was just to ask him to swallow the pill. (laughs)
1: I don't know if I would have, but that's, I mean, I do, it makes sense to me now, but I don't know what I would have done in your, in your situation. Did you put it back into his throat or you just kind of put it in his mouth? I do. Because in my mind, I think of, you know, how you were talking about, you felt a little guilty that you thought of how would I give it to the dog dog with peanut butter. I remember giving pills to my dog and you put it way in the back of their throat and then you close their mouth. And hope they yeah no I didn't swallow do that. it I'm I not going to do that to Liam but I do think that putting it further back did we try be, that with
0: Sophia would be easiest I think we might have tried that with Sophia well,
1: when you take a pill you put it in your mouth and you may put it in the front but you kick it back with your tongue
0: well I think that's what I actually did because I practiced that can be a hard not with part the of same it. ibuprofen but with my own ibuprofen I was like where should I put this I put it and then I was like okay so this I got a juice box which has a straw.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: is really what I needed was the straw, right? Mm-hmm. So I asked him. He said, he, yeah. I, I put it in his mouth. And then I gave him the juice box. And I said, just swallow it and swallow the pill. Take some deep sips. And he did. And the pill went down.
1: Nice. I mean, come on. He can do it. He can do anything.
0: Yeah, but what... I'm reminded of is to assume his ability. Oh my gosh. I know. No, We've done do you know episodes what I mean? about
1: this, Lori. I know. <laughs> I know. Steven? Well, why do we keep forgetting this? Stuff? I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't know because there's so many, listen, here's the thing. There's so many things in every moment and one, he came out and I was red and I thought about Rocky Balboa and then you couldn't take him. And then I didn't, I didn't do the first thing that I should have done. I did last. And it was just like all of these yeah. things All of these things. But this is how we learn. I mean, if it was the learning process that I had with Sophia, like when she was a baby and I'd never been a parent before, and I literally would go an entire day without eating because she'd fall asleep and I didn't know that I could actually pick her up and move her to her crib and then she'd make herself go back to sleep. So if she went to sleep, I would stay perfectly still until she woke up. I mean, I did these things. Mm -hmm. That's how I learn. But it just hit me so much harder. And going through the whole day. It's a lot. It's a lot when they get sick. It's a lot when we have in our catalog and in our memory what that sick can turn into or how we've done it before. And then we learn from those mistakes. And it was like, damn, I still got to the end of it. And I was like, "Ah." Mm -hmm. the The very base is to assume his ability. And it reminds me that he always surprises me By his ability, it reminds me that no matter how much I'm an advocate, that some of the seeds were planted in me, some of the Mm -hmm. fears took root, and I need to continue to turn over that soil. It reminded me so much, just that one swallow, or two swallows, however many it took for him to take that pill, just that one movement, that one thing that he did, and like some quantum leap dream sequence, I'm pushed all the way back to those days in the NICU and that one swallow. I'm reminded how it was one swallow that got him home after 75 days in the NICU. We waited ultimately on his ability to swallow and thus eat for himself and thrive in this life. Just one swallow was all we needed to take out the tube. And I came back a week's worth of mornings with that car seat in my hand, hoping for it, waking up every morning, picking out the outfit that I would take my son home in, doing my hair, trying to make it as perfect as possible, a week's worth of mornings with a car seat in my hand, hoping for it, hoping to take my baby home and leaving empty handed, knowing or hoping that tomorrow would be a new day, knowing that it was just a matter of time, believing that it was just a matter of time until he did. And it was, and he did. And we took him home. So when he took that Advil, and he smiled at me, and then he opened his mouth and stuck out his tongue to show me, all of that memory came rushing back to me. I remembered all of that in that one moment, how far he's come from that one swallow that got him home to now this 12-year-old young man standing before me, taking medicine. I remembered in that moment, the hope in my body, the belief in my boy that I felt from the first breath he took. And I think that's why when I see that I've forgotten to assume his ability, that it hits me so hard. But this is the gift of Liam. Nothing is wasted with him. No moment, no milestone goes unnoticed. And every milestone carries within them a world of victories and celebration. This is the gift of my boy. We nipped it in the bud. No Rocky Balboa this time around, because I learned. <laughs> I learned to read the signs. I learned to pay attention when things aren't so obvious that they are maybe if I'm just there. I learned to add skipping meals and that a sore tooth may be code for a sore throat during cold and flu season. I put that in my notes. He recovered at home on the couch beside me reading a book. And just that, I'm aware of that gift. I'm aware of the road it took for him to get there. And for him, it's ease. For him, it's just his story. But on the outside, I know. I know who he is. I doubted myself still as he sat there getting better, feeling better, slowly getting an appetite. And, and I tell you this because this was also a lesson. I doubted my precaution. Once he was feeling better, I called my precaution haste. And I was afraid that had I rushed him to the doctor, had I jumped on it too soon, because it was ease, because it didn't blow up and become worse. And I learned that I I need to accept the ease that comes in learning from our experiences with the same grace that I accept the challenges that come before me. Maybe it's where my expectations lie and maybe it's more a comment that I need to change my expectations. Not expect everything to be a challenge. Welcome some ease into the journey. But this is the gift of our boy. And this is the gift really of any child, I believe, regardless of the number of chromosomes. I'm just fortunate that Liam's chromosome
1: Come on, Come on.